You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. See, I always thought Alan could do some other, you know, singing kind of things. I thought he could do some <laughs> Christian spirituals. Can you see Alan doing uh, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot? Thank you, Alan. That. Yes, so I could. That's the great Alan Kaith. Thank you, Alan. You guys didn't know he could sing. We still don't know he can sing. But. I'm still botching traffic reports, and he's branching out into singing. Look at that. See? A renaissance man. Jack of, jack of all trades, as we like to say. Uh, welcome back to the Friday show. It's going to go hot and heavy today. Chris from Solidarity. We have Inca from uh, Inca <laughs> Fatima from Inca's Peruvian will be here. Always super fun. Mark's going to be here. Top ten Charles Durning movies. He's doing a nice job with these character actors. And you go, oh that that guy or gal is in a lot of movies, a lot of good movies, right? Just like we did with Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Eat your damn oatmeal. Eat your damn overnight oats. Overnight oats. We're gonna have a when when Matt and I do this class on overnight oats at the end of the month. I'm gonna have a banner of Wilfred Brimley in the back. This is how you make the damn oats. <laughs> you throw them in a jar, put some milk and crap in it, and you shake it. I just you're paying these two bumpkins seventy five dollars to make overnight oats. I keep getting lost. I tried to saute and. <laughs> Velute. You just wanted to say you just want to say the phrase mount the velute again, <laughs> well, you sicko. Possibly. Thank you. Thank you. And then um in the third hour, we have the Vitos will be here from Vero's Italian Bakery. They're gonna make you a pastry you can't refuse. I didn't even think about that. Vito, <laughs> I let's like it. he needs to do a new radio ad campaign. Hey, I'll make you a pastry you can't refuse. A slight ripoff from an old pizza ad that uh, we and somebody we know might know very well. A good friend of ours used to own a uh, buttload. Uh, he's, he was a very early franchisee owner of uh, Godfather's Pizzas and worked with the owner. Uh, for that was while. that was the pizza you can't refuse. Right, and, and, and they had this guy that they hired to be you know the, the, the Don. And I think they said they did have initially, I think there was some initial like Paramount saying, hey, you guys can't do this, but hey, I'll make you a pizza you can't refuse. So I remember in the late 70s when they branched out into Tempe and they were using it then, so they figured it out. Correct. So anyway, Vir- the Vitos will be here from Vero's uh, talking about St. Joseph's pastry. And then um, they're called Zeppeli, or there's also Sfinci. We'll talk about that. And then um, we have coming up at 8.30, we're going to try to do a um, different uh, state legislature every Friday or so. And so we have uh, Representative Quang Yen coming coming up, and he has a bill about uh, what's going on in the world of fentanyl that he wants to talk about that. So it's going to be a chock-a-blocka kind of show, as we like to say. If we have any time in between any of that stuff, don't know if we will, but I do want to do a quick rundown for you guys and girls. Um, This interesting uh, house hearing about censorship and the cross-section of government asking Twitter to censor journalists. 
watching some of these Democrats try to die on the battlefield of censorship is good is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And there's this one journal, this one Democrat, I forgot what his name is. I'll get to it before it's over. But he literally said, well, if we, you can, it's good to, it's, it's, it's fine and legal to censor unlawful speech. And Jim Jordan goes, well, this was Senator, this is Robert, uh, Representative, you know, Congressman Kennedy uh, talking about Hank Aaron dying after he got the vax or something like that. He's like, that's illegal now. Right. So uh, then the guy, uh, Benny Thompson, the former J- uh, January 6th chairman, claims he never had access to all the January 6th footage. I like that. After yep. doing that kangaroo court. Yep. Uh, Kamala Harris claims kids are suffering from climate mental health issues, Matt. <laughs> <sighs> Katie. Moving, uh, moving along. Racist Katie. Yeah. Um, vetoes the bill that would uh, basically prohibit CRT in K through twelve public schools. Sure, sure. And we'll talk about that. Um, Glendale, Arizona, is going to change the name of their city for two days to honor Taylor Swift. <clears throat> so she's coming um, uh, to do a concert on March 17th and 18th. So I guess they're going to change the name to Taylor Swift, the city, for two days. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So Taylor Swift and the NFL can get cities to jump through hoops and do their bidding. Absolutely. Yeah. Taylor Swift and the NFL. This almost sounds like you're doing a Karnak. <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> Uh, and the NFL. <laughs> yes! There. Taylor Swift. NFL. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> but I was me, thinking... Me, diseased yak, raise the temperature oh, of your di- jacuzzi. Oh, my Lord. Um, but I thought about this. If Glendale uh, identifies with Taylor Swift to change... What is Tucson? Who does Tucson identify with, right? Is it the name of the music hall? Is it Nick Nolte, that picture when he got arrested with his hair up in the, after the whole drug thing? Okie dokie. You know, like, could we change Tucson to Nick? I mean, what, 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 if we were going to change the name in honor of the city. Noltovia. <laughs> Noltovia, that's not bad. Um, what, 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 what person out there, notable person, who really, I really kind of symbolizes Tucson? Could we change the name to? Well, uh, we, wake up Tucson already did Pliskin Acres, baby. So yeah, so we we have that. But I'm just saying, if uh, someone out there, I don't know who would it be, but let's think about this, right? Uh, someone who, I mean, they have to be involved in drugs. So you're thinking hot mess, kind of like because disheveled, right? Hot mess, drugs. Got to have some sort of drugs in the Disheveled. story. Yeah. Right? Well, give us a disarray. call. Very much disarray. 790-2040 is the phone number. Wake up Tucson comments at gmail.com. What city, what, what notable person out there who's a hot mess that has drugs in their life um, is really Tucson? 
Maybe we just change the name to Hollywood and just be kind of all-encompassing well, for two days. Well, that would make some people very happy. So, um, let's see. Uh, okay, so the first one in is uh, Marion Barry. <laughs> Marion Barry was... Kardashia? <laughs> Kardashia's not bad. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I like this one. I think... Our buddy Jim over at Double Eagle, he's he's leader in the clubhouse, as we say in the golf tournament. Are you ready? Go. Gary Busey. <laughs> okay. See? See, he is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's on the track. So right now, that's the leader in the clubhouse. Okay. When we come back, I want to do a little – it's a it's kind of – it's going to have a little bit of a rest of the story feel, like Paul Harvey. Okay. Okay. And this organically happened to me this morning going through the news. And there was one story from one local news station, one story from another local news station. And then I came to a, it actually comes to a tragic finish. But let's, let's do that when we come back. Um, we're doing uh, Mar- I, I figured it's a Friday we want to we want to boogie a little bit. We gotta you know even though you know we're gonna talk about some serious stuff today. Let's get everyone ready for the weekend. The weather's gonna be beautiful. I think it's Miranda's Founders Day going on this weekend. Let's do this thing. So, fourteen year old Matt, fifteen year old Matt would not believe that you know, old, much older Matt would be playing this song on the radio right now. You hated it that much as a fifteen year old? Sure, everybody, every. Red-blooded, fifteen-year-old uh, uh, American at that time in nineteen seventy-eight, seventy-nine hated loathed this song. Wow! But here, but here I am peeling another layer of it's the okay. ESQ onion back. I'm, I'm all right with it now. It's it's okay. <laughs> it was just so overplayed at the time. Right. So overplayed. Hey, you're listening to Wake Up Gary Busey. We'll see you in a bit. All right, welcome back to the Wake Up Gary Busey show. Now, Pat Hirsch is already might might be this could be tied for the lead, early clubhouse tied for the lead, first round of the Masters. Uh Charlie Sheen. We could change the name of Glendale's going to change the name mm-hmm. to Taylor Swift. So right now, Busey and Ch- Charlie Sheen could be two of the close of Tucson's spiritual muses. Good suggestion. Yeah, so that's a good one. All right, you guys are coming cotton hot and heavy with the hot messes. So good job. Was it tiger? What was this tiger thing? Oh, tiger blood. Tiger blood. Yeah. And he has that. Then he would do that thing where you like would someone winning. say, winning, <laughs> winning, <laughs> winning. All right, let me start off with this story first, and it, 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 and it, it involves uh, friends of the show, um, and who um, I saw one of them met. Um, just became on the U of A School of uh, School of Dance Board. Our friend Joey Rogers. All right, Joey. As I as we would like to say, it Welcome took him. Aboard. It took him this long to drag Joey onto that thing. Jeez, people. Jeez, come on. So, um, this is Kenny Dar over at uh, K Gun Nine, and um, they talk about a young man named Elijah Miranda. Um, his former ballet uh, instructors, uh, Celeste and Joey, described him as a sweet, gentle giant with a big heart and a willingness to put others before himself. 
Uh, Celeste says, he was kind, considerate, hard worker, an intelligent boy, good in school. He was caring for the other students. Celeste and Rogers are owners, owners of Dancing in the Streets. They also taught art of ballet to Elijah. The Pasquayaki tribe member developed an interest in dancing at a young age. After receiving a scholarship, he would enroll at the Dancing of, at the Streets. Joey, I just saw a passion that he wanted to try. I was like, you know what? Let's give you a try, young man, and see what happens. That interest turned into a passion. From age 9 till 17, he spent countless hours at the studio honing his craft and mastering his skills. Celeste said that Elijah worked hard. She added he was hungry for ballet, wanted to learn more, kept asking for more. He would sweat bullets. Um, Joey, he was working. He was being part of the community. The joy, passion, and love that Elijah had uh, for ballet and around those is something they'll cherish forever. I do feel Elijah Miranda's spirit in the studio, Celeste said. There are there was this smile and a joy of being on stage and sharing his gift with the audience. So follow uh, so loop uh, they both have created the Elijah Miranda scholarship for other young boys to learn the art of ballet. So then uh, that was K-Gun 9 story. Elijah Miranda, right? And then I see this story by Lupita Murillo. And this is um, CPD has released the, a bunch of reports um, dealing with the death of our friend uh, Deb Martinez Garibay. So uh, 200 pages. Got to give Lupita credit that she she's covering this and going through this. Um, this guy's parents knew ab- about their son's death wish. Um, the mother, this guy's mother called the police to c- conduct an, a welfare check. Um, she told police she called hours prior because she thought this could happen. She planned to come to Tucson on August 26th to get him. Um, the most chilling detail was this guy's father told her that the the killer had a plan to wait and shoot the police when they came to invict him and, and shoot as many people as possible. And so I'm reading this, right, about what the parents knew. And, the, you know, the, the mother seemed like she was trying to get help from the cops, right? And she told the cops. Um, the mother told police she'd been texting and missing calls from the police officers. She spoke to Angela Fox the apartment manager in the morning and told her they would pay his rent. Fox said it wasn't about the money. It was about safety concerns and the weapon being involved. And um, the father told police he thought his son was just bluffing. He didn't think his son would follow through. And then uh, he got a text at 11.08 that morning, said, I love you, Dad. I'm sorry. Three minutes later, this guy shot Constable Deb Martinez Garibay, who was serving him an eviction notice. He also shot Angela Fox Heath, the apartment manager who went with the constable to serve the notice, and he shot Elijah Miranda, who was visiting friends and family who lived next door. So it was so bizarre. I'm reading the story of Joey and Celeste creating this scholarship in honor of Elijah Miranda, and then I go to the next story and find out. He was killed by the a-hole that killed Geb 
Angela mm-hmm. Fox and mm-hmm. this young man. Mm-hmm. This crap has real consequences. And it's really it's it's really sickening that we have a we have a we have a governance community at the city t- city council that turn a blind eye to all of this and it makes me sick. So here's this kid Elijah who you know, this was his love to be a dance in the dance. Finds Joey and Celeste. It clicks, right? This is a he's a Pasquayaki kid who had to get a scholarship to go do dancing in the streets, mm-hmm. and he gets whacked by this guy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was just like it just it, it, I didn't I didn't know the stories were related when I started reading them, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, it's the the kid who was. It's just sick. It's um, sick. Yes, sir. God bless Joey and Celeste for doing something positive to keep the memory alive. Yep. Okay? Yep. Um, you never know what passion in your life is going to unlock the journey of your life. Yep. Uh, I met Edward Villela. He was considered the American Barishnikov. He had to... That learning dance opened up avenues for him. Um, and you're right. It's um, There are real-life consequences to this bad stuff that we see happening every day yeah it's really it's sad very sad all right let's go to break you're on wake up tucson 10 30 the voice local news and talk Woo-ah! wake up wake up tucson wake up gary Busey. wake up charlie sheen it's our new names for the city for two days um, Ron Arenas is going with the William H. Macy character in Shameless. I, I know he's kind of I a hot mess. I don't know that I saw that one. Yeah, I not, love Macy. Yep. So I, I don't know, know that I saw it. So I have to check it out. So we'll have to we'll have to do that. Um, I know Chris is going to be calling in soon from uh, Solidarity. We're going to talk about um, uh, the Redfield testimony. Uh, in the CDC that uh, about the leak uh, the where where did the Rona come from and it sounds like uh, you know he's going to protect his own butt but at the same time threw Fauci under the uh, under the bus so it's good to see the uh, the people who ruined our lives throwing each other under the bus which is beautiful mm. um, I'm going to tell you something when Fauci ever gets in front of this if he ever gets I'm sure he'll say I don't need to I'm sure he'll resist I, I would love to see him in front of that. In front of that 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 hearing, um, I do want to. T- oh, so I, I made a mistake. The Miranda Miranda's Founder Day is a week from tomorrow. It's March eighteenth from ten to three p.m. Uh, so unsurprisingly, the theme is Western heritage, as we like to say. So, <laughs> all right, let's get Al on the line seven nine zero. Al, Al, what's your suggestion for the replacement Tucson name? I was singing John Belushi. <laughs> John Belushi. Because at least he's done some work here. He's funny. It goes nowhere, and he's dead. Well, it's a little rough. I like John Belushi. Oh, I love John Belushi. I'm just saying that's the way our city is. They try to do everything. They're a little off, and we're just dying. All right, let me think about that. I still still like Busey and Charlie Sheen right now because they're still alive and acting stupid, so... But, exactly like all of us. So thank you. you. Have a great day, gentlemen. You too, Al. Thank you. Seven nine zero twenty forty is the phone number. Let's go right to the phones. We have our good friend Chris Fattis from Solidarity Healthshare. SolidarityHealthshare.org. 
What's up, young man? Hey, doing doing pretty well. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so we were just talking a little bit um, about the um, COVID-19 origin hearings. And uh, Robert Redfield, who was actually a, a, a guest on this show in the early days, uh, I guess uh, threw uh, Dr. Fauci under the bus a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, you know, a, lot, a lot of the stuff that, that was coming out that we were told was lies, he's basically saying is all true. <laughs> so Fauci was involved. So in our, 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 scoreboard moment, our scoreboard moment, Chris, here is we say conspiracy theorists 237, reality curators zero. That's where we're at right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So what what yeah, what, I mean, what, what are we what are we learning? So we know for some reason the Department of Energy, I guess they were bored over at Los Alamos, uh, uh, they came out saying that this basically was a they're leaning towards lab leak in Wuhan like everyone else thought. Yeah, I mean they came out. The, the now it's it's clear that even the FBI is agreeing with them that you know that many of the federal agencies are starting to admit to the fact that it came from this this leak in uh, Wuhan. And and I think the big thing here is, look, Fauci knew he tried to cover it up for whatever reason. You know, what 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 reason? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the motivation. Um, I'm not going to try to judge his heart here. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he misled the American people in, in trying to hide the, these things. And I think it, it touched a lot of his research, and I'm sure that's part of it. But, um, you know, finally, Congress is actually uncovering these things. And Pretty credible evidence coming out from people like Dr. Redfield. The um, I can't wait. I was just saying before you came on, I can't wait till we. I, I, I assume they're going to subpoena Fauci, and I'm assume he's going to try to resist it as best as possible. But I, I really hope we get to see him up there taking his taking his medicine. The good doctor takes his yeah. medicine. Yeah, although, you know, he'll just do the same misdirect that he always did, of course. But, um, you know, these facts need to be known. It's, it's got to be out there. We've got we've to prevent this from happening again, you know, and I, that's, what I, that's what I hope comes of this. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, how these things go. They never hold these, things, these guys fully accountable. They embarrass them a little bit, and that's about it. But um, we should hold them accountable by never letting this happen again. You're right. So you know, so the, it has the, the the as we like to say, disinfectant is the best medicine out there on this thing. The sunshine's the best disinfectant. You got to get it out. I don't know what you can do from a legislative standpoint in some of this stuff, but that would be interesting where they go there. And then at the same time, we are in this conversation yesterday, Chris. We talked about the consent of the governed, right? And the governed yeah, and, yeah. The, and the governed folded like a cheap suitcase. Uh, under all of yeah, this I stuff. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an important part. I think we've got to recognize that, that, that piece of it, that, you know, we, not, you know, when I say we, not necessarily you and, and your listeners and me, but, but we as a people, as a, as including all of our friends who don't agree with us, we allowed this. We were complicit in allowing this. We, we consented, as you said, and um, that's an important piece. We've got to hold our, our people accountable. Now, at the end of the day, what what did we consent to? I mean, there was there was a virus going around. We couldn't do anything about it. It was going to hit us all, but we consented to all these crazy, you know, uh, features of <laughs> of trying to prevent the virus. And it didn't matter. Everyone was going to get it anyway. Um, and and the real origins of it were were being hidden from us. And and the 
solutions to it were being hidden from us. And so we can't allow that to happen again. And a big piece of that, again, is making sure that we are in control of our health care and the doctors we go to and we're finding the right people, um, you know, to get care. But also, hey, we can't have these massive regulatory bodies in our government and we don't hold them accountable. That's got to change. The um, So a story, a uh, couple of stories out there talking about the government is tracking those who don't get the COVID vaccine or only partially inoculated. Because remember, if you're not boosted four times, uh, you're not really a real American, according to the CDC. So um, <laughs> so what is so what, what do we know about the tracking system? Is this something where when people are uh, at any time they are interacting with their doctor or hospital, they're asking that question and it's getting in it's getting coded that they're one of the unclean? Yeah, yeah, I mean it may not those, be those are my, those are my, those so are my like, words, unclean. Yeah, of course. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that's that's very possibly how it's being utilized, but you know, essentially, they're, they're doing something that's, that seems very maybe uh, probably not like that big of a deal when you look at it, but, but how are they using it? And so what they're doing is they're taking typical, you know, there's, there's something called a diagnosis code, which most people are aware of when you go to the doctor. You know, you have a cold and you get an a ICD-10 code or a diagnosis code that goes with whatever treatment they gave you. And they've added this diagnosis code for unvaccinated. And, you know, it's possible that's not for anything other than, you know, just data, and they, they use these, they have a lot of these codes, right? But I think what, what we're hearing is that it's being used to actually track and kind of pay attention to, and we've certainly heard plenty of stories out there across the country of doctors refusing service to patients based on those codes. So at a minimum, we know it's used for that, right? We, we, we know people, doctors are saying, wait a minute, you're one of those people that didn't get vaccinated. I can't see you. And then another doctor from the hospital comes in, you know, the those things are happening. So, um, and I think what's being reported is that there's there's actually a usage of this to track and possibly share this data with others, and that's that's where the concern comes in. Um, whether or not it's like a, you know, they're not. I don't think they're putting a chip in your finger quite yet, but <laughs> you know, that's that's what it sounds like for some folks. Well, I mean, you know, HIPAA only only it's only as strong as the government thinks you. You know, you're not you're not threatening society with your your unvaccinated status, as we like to say. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, I, I don't know how many people are aware, you know, HIPAA law really does, okay, there's some privacy stuff in there, but it also allows the mass sharing of our medical information gotcha. across the medical industry. So, you know, that is a, that is a concern. You know, one thing I'll say, Drew, that, that maybe could be a positive about this is if we have an ICD-10 code for the unvaccinated, that means we have an IDC-10 code for the vaccinated. So, one thing that hopefully, if, you know, a lot of the stuff we've talked about, the vaccine and the risks and the, 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 the lack, of, the last, lack of, of effectiveness, hopefully we can use that data to also track whether or not the, unvac- the vaccinated are getting sicker more and all these other issues and maybe be able to show some of the facts that, that we've been able to share in the long run. So maybe that data will be helpful. We'll see. But it's a little bit concerning that they're sharing it. That, that's what I, that's what I'm concerned about. So I just want to, so I love your cockeyed optimism that we're going to use this to figure it out on the other end. So that's what I love about you. Well, basically it's do what they're doing for good things. Right. That's, that's my strategy <laughs> here. Is that a, you know, maybe that's a bad strategy, but <laughs> you know, when, when we, as you were talking about this, I always thought about when I would take my kids to the pediatrician, right? 
and they and the and the nurse would ask me all these questions about do I own guns, right? Do we have guns in the house? And I'm sitting there going, is that getting ICD coded someplace? Gun house, right? Probably, yes, gun house, right? Yeah. NRA member, yeah, that this probably is. And I'll I'll go look at the ICD ten code book for you and let you know. So I guess the question is, so what can the average bear that's listening to this show who, you know, isn't isn't digging that the fact that maybe they're, you know, getting the little scarlet letter of unvaccinated? Is there anything the average Joe and Jane can do about such things? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think one is we we probably should speak up to these things, and there's play, there's ways to complain, you know, to to Health and Human Services. I don't know that it's going to go anywhere. But the other thing is, you know, just don't share the information. I mean, you know, it, you certainly, when you go to the doctor, you know, if, you, if, if there's information they need to know to treat you, please share it. I'm not telling you not to do that. But when it comes to this, you know, don't answer the question. I don't answer the question. So are you vaccinated? That's not your business. That's my answer. Right. Um, one, of our one of our listeners just messaged us, the history of the 1918 Spanish flu isn't, mu isn't mentioned much. Why? Was it worse than COVID-19? Why can't we learn from history? Well, that, that, this whole half the show is mm. about why can't we learn from history. But um. Yeah. Well, no, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, the, right. the, the pandemic of the Spanish flu was actually a true pandemic where people were dying and we were, you know, stacking bodies up in hallways and, and churches, right? So that is a real pandemic. And in fact, when they tried to use the, the, the flu, the Spanish flu um, narrative to say, this is why we have to force vaccination. This is why we have to force all these things. You know, th there is not, there, there's not the same threat or risk that we had in the Spanish flu in COVID. And so they use that as this way to say, oh, we've got to take away all your rights and all your privacy and, you know, and, your, and your autonomy because of the Spanish flu. Well, this is nothing like the Spanish flu. We, yes, we, a lot of people died, but we did not have bodies piling up in the streets, right? And so uh, we also did not have a, a pandemic that if you just happened to be in the same you know, vicinity as people, you not only were you likely to get the disease, but you were likely to die. I mean, it was a high likelihood of death um, for everyone, not just for, you know, a certain population or, or whatever. So it, it is important to learn from it. Unfortunately, I think we learned from it the wrong way during COVID. It was used as a way to, to steer and control us as opposed to being able to say, you know, this isn't the Spanish flu. <laughs> and so we don't have to do all these things. You know, and we don't need to force vaccination. We don't need to force all these other things because it's not so bad as the Spanish flu. So to me, if you're in public health, right, is, and we're talking to Chris Faddis from Solidarity HealthShare, solidarityhealthshare.org, better way to pay for your health care. Um, I will tell you that um, your job is to mitigate when something like this happens, right? You're supposed to be mitigating the damage to a the biggest part of your society possible whether they're the immediately sick or not right and they ignored all of that they pick and chose their data they obfuscated they hid stuff i mean it was you know public health it was bad public health soiled themselves yeah they also kept us from our private doctors they, they kept us you know they, they wouldn't allow doctors to see us they wouldn't allow them to treat covid they told they closed medical offices right and, and at the end of the day, when you want to deliver a, a, you know, a solution to mass population, you need to use the workforce of, of, medical, of physicians across the country. Uh, we didn't do that, right? So, um, 
you know, there, there was a lot of things that were, that were hidden and taken from us, and we cannot, that's what we need to learn from. That's what we need to, to make sure doesn't happen again. Um, and that includes, you know, some of the stuff that, that's happening now. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to take a vaccine that's effectiveness rate is, is, you know, is as low as this one is. And we're starting to see side effects that they don't really want to release too fast. That's the other part of it. Hey, real quick before yeah, I let you yeah. go, uh, 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 an old man that sniffs girls' hairs that says he's the president supposedly wrote an op-ed in the sorry New York Times uh, about how he's going to save Medicare, right? But one of the things they talked about was how much money the ACA overall has saved America over 10 years. Right now, we know the good thing about the one of the well mitigating things with the ACA is they got a carve out that does health sharing, right? But when you look at traditional healthcare costs, Chris, when they say they the the, the numbers like you know the trillion whatever the num- they came up with some number, did we really see healthcare costs being uh, reduced when Obamacare came into uh, came into existence for the rest of the population? No, in fact, it's done, it's done nothing but increase. Uh, year over year, uh, including a 20% increase last year uh, in, in health insurance costs. So, so no, I mean, it's, it's, total, it's totally bogus, of course. But, you know, maybe they're using the subsidy that, they, that you know, we paid out of our taxpayer dollars to, to you know, subsidize people's Obamacare, that maybe that's what they're doing is adding up the trillion. Is that the number? Is it a trillion dollars or three trillion, whatever that Right, but so I, 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 I don't think it's just the idea of what was coming out of our pockets or the average American's pocket. It's just the, the delivering, the cost of delivering health care also right. skyrocketed. Yeah. Absolutely. The entire, every, every aspect of the cost of health care has skyrocketed uh, since Obamacare. So, you know, I, I'd be interested. I'll have to look for that because I, I just, I don't see how they could even, you know, there's ways to spin math, but man, that's some, that's some, they must have a really nice washer to spin that mask because I, I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> so. All right, young man. Chris Faddis, Solidarity HealthShare. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. So we're going to have a triple food Friday today, Matt. Unprecedented. I scheduled Raina from Shish Kebab House. And I put her on for March 17th on the calendar. And then I was looking, then she just showed up. And then I just noticed that in, in my messaging with her, I did say March 10th. So we'll have Fatima from Inca's Peruvian, then Reina from Shishkebab, then Mark uh, Van Buren from the Van Buren uh, house, and then uh, Vero's Italian Bakery after that. So... Wowzers. Extra. Good for you. Extra Good stretchy pants, my friend. Okay. Extra stretchy pants. So. Good morning, Dr. Dr. Van Buren. I'm doing the Good morning. Right now. How are you? <laughs> Very well. How's the world of the, of the racetrack going? It's uh it's going. We're uh, <laughs> past the halfway point. So, uh rocking and rolling. Look at you with your season. fancy jacket on I know. today. I you know. You got to do what you got to do, man. I'm, I'm selling the <laughs> selling the merchandise. How's the new little gift shop doing? Actually, it's doing really well. We're averaging uh, two thousand a weekend. So, uh, nice. uh, yeah, we've never done any kind of 
uh, merchandising like that before, and uh, it's been uh, it's been great. I miss the old shirts that were there that they that they didn't sell, whoever didn't sell them ten years ago, and they were still trying to sell them. You know, it feels like uh, when I go to Mexico and I'm at, at the Malecon in uh, Rocky Point and have those shirts from 1984. Yeah, so I'm glad to see uh, you guys updated. So we even came. Listen, salud. Thank you. So we even came up with this thing, Jamie. Jamie, my assistant, came up with this thing where uh, they made these cloth things for otter pops. So basically, you you sell an otter pop. We're going to do that this weekend, and you slip it inside, and the kids' hands don't get cold. What do you think? And I it think says Rito Park on them. I think that we're coddling the kids of today. <laughs> How about that? All right. We don't. In the old days, we got freaking frostbite on our hands. We when did. We had our otter pop. Yeah, we did. Brain we did. freezes what we, from EGs and Slurpees. Chris, and, do you remember, what do we call those when you were a kid, though? Do you remember? Were like freeze pops or something like that? Um, otter pops are what you get out of Costco, but I don't remember what we called them. I feel. I know like, we had. Them. I feel like it had the word freezy, freeze, something, ice freeze, freeze something ice, something like that, right? Where you, it's plastic and you squeeze it through the tube. But I, I just couldn't remember sucking your sugar through a tube. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. All right, triple food Friday. We had to up. freeze our own Kool Aid. We didn't right. get. Oh, excuse of, me. We used to call that bug juice. Of course, anyway. my guest hosts for next Friday are all upset that they're not getting shish kebab house next Friday. Well, we'll figure it out, kid. We got lots of choices. Don't you worry. So Mark and I are going to come back. We got Fatima from Inca's Peruvian, Reina from Shish Kebab, Mark doing top ten Charles Durning movies, and then the Goombas will be here with St. Joseph's Pastry. That's Bureau's Italian Bakery. <laughs> <laughs>